There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. After setting up and administering human smuggling and cocaine shipments from Venezuela to Mexico, Fernando Blengil Cesena told reporter Menio Larios that he planned to take an extended vacation to attend the 2006 World Cup in Germany. I, king of the world and a huge soccer fan, was in the process of buying a Falcon 50 to fly directly to Germany and enjoy the World Cup with my friends. I decided to cease operations starting February 2006 so that nothing could get in the way of my World Cup dream. But, well, it seems that the profit motive got in the way. One of the partners, Fragel Negro, insisted on doing a vuelta. So, he keeps insisting and talks me into it. And I decide to send that plane to Mexico with five tons. That plane, of course, was the infamous cocaine one that was busted in Ciudad del Carmen in April 2006. In our first episode, we heard from the Mexican government's press conference announcing the bust, and from then Florida-based reporter Howard Altman, who first looked into both the local owners and the history of the plane. Now, we'll hear how the man who claims to be responsible for that ill-fated shipment tells the story. Blinkio says that he already had the DC-9 available in St. Petersburg, Florida. He says that he had planned to use that plane for flights to Africa. Alberto Damiani, a Venezuelan pilot then living in Miami, flew the plane to Caracas on April 5th. Damiani delivered it to Blinkio at the Maiketia International Airport with a no-fly report. That report detailed a number of mechanical issues that would need to be repaired before the plane could be flown again. Blinkio says that he gave the task of overseeing the repairs to a Venezuelan pilot who worked for him. This pilot hired a team of aircraft mechanics from a private company located at the airport. Blinkio says that he sent his second wife and son off on a vacation and took a weekend trip to Cartagena, Colombia, with his Miss Germany girlfriend and her parents. He says he then returned to Caracas the following Monday, loaded the DC-9 with the five-plus tons of cocaine, and sent it off. 
He and his cohort were happy, he says, with the DC-9's on-time departure. But then they got a call. The plane had a mechanical failure and was on its way back. System failure. The details get a bit murky here, but Blinkyo says that the DC-9 full of cocaine took off from Caracas and then turned around and came back and then took off again and returned yet again to the Caracas airport due to various mechanical failures. In Blinkyo's interviews with Menio Larios, he described those mechanical failures a bit differently. First, he said, the plane had a problem with the cabin door pressure, and then a second problem with one of the wheels, and then finally, a third problem with the brakes. In a subsequent round of interviews, which were used in the Detective's Spanish-language podcast and translated for this podcast, Blenkio described the plane's various mishaps as follows. Once the landing flare problem is solved, the micro-switch is adjusted. We test that it works. They live again. We're more relaxed and concerned because the problem is fixed. And then the plane had to turn around and fly back a second time. Almost an hour goes by and the plane comes back again. Only this time the main door hadn't sealed correctly and the cabin was losing pressure. For heaven's sake. Blinkio says that the plane was then further damaged when it landed back in Caracas that second time. When it lands a second time, boat landings with a full load of drugs and fuel tanks practically at capacity, one of the brakes was damaged. A problem impossible to fix at such late hours. Blinkio emphasizes that the plane took off and turned around, got repaired, and then took off again and turned around a second time, only to get parked and await further repairs, all while loaded with 128 suitcases of cocaine. Imagine a plane packed with five tons of cocaine in the platform, a plane on the runway, right under everyone's noses, man. It was laughable. During the Mexican government's April 11, 2006 press conference announcing the drug bust, General Carlos Demetrio Gaitan said that Mexican authorities had detected anomalies with the plane because it had taken off, communicated its flight plan, and then turned around without explaining why. General Gaitan said that the plane then took off again and flew on to Mexico. That is, according to the Mexican government, the plane only returned to Caracas once, not twice, as Blanquio describes. Here's General Gaitan from that press conference. Regardless of how many times the plane turned around and came back, and of what exactly broke down when, Blenkiel tells the tale of a private, U.S.-owned aircraft with over five tons of cocaine lining the aisles, basically flying in circles and falling apart over a Venezuela, then in the heyday of Hugo Chavez's 14-year Bolivarian Revolution. Until finally, on April 10, 2006, the plane would take off and make the flight to its scheduled stopover in Ciudad del Carmen, 
and the waiting arms of the Mexican army. As we approach the end of this podcast, I'd like to address one of the difficulties and potential pitfalls of working on a global, multi-billion dollar industry that is designed to be officially invisible. An industry whose workers, executives, and security forces are mostly armed to the teeth and to some extent trained and guaranteed impunity when enforcing the laws of official invisibility. In the realm of transnational illegal drug trafficking and drug policing, information is as much of a commodity as all the wildly popular oblivion or euphoria-inducing chemical compounds. Everyone in the business, from the drug producers, shippers, dealers, and consumers, to the drug police, prosecutors, and legislators, is on the lookout for the best deal, the information that will get them out of jail or ruin their competitor's latest venture or make their career or get them reelected or save their life. The global drug and drug war industries depend on the always shifting submarkets of information. And one of the main features of those submarkets is this. Everyone lies, at least some of the time. Or, perhaps more accurately, the best, the most successful entrepreneurs in the transnational illegal drug industry combine truth and lies seamlessly. This leads the reporter interested in evading lies to a pessimistic rule of thumb. Don't trust anyone who makes their living in this industry. Don't trust the self-proclaimed narco who wants to feed you a story. Don't trust the government press releases and statements. Don't trust the court files and police reports. Don't trust any of them. My name, so I'm told, is John Gibbler, and this, in a sense, is Transportista. Episode 9, Cocaine One Revisited. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. 
Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. While I was looking into Blink Hill's story, reporter Emmanuel Lario sent me a link to a Venezuelan court decision from April 30th, 2009. This document, which Menyo found during his initial research into Blinkio's story, which I hadn't seen referenced anywhere else, contains Venezuelan police reports from their 2006 investigation into the DC-9. These reports include police interviews with both government and private airport workers. Like all such government documents composed of interviews that could have taken place under duress or torture or negotiation, it must be taken as a matrix of possible lies and truths rather than as a straight record of the truth. One thing that sticks out, for example, is the testimony of a couple of mechanics saying they worked on the plane, had access to its interior, and did not see any suitcases, much less 128 of them, inside the cabin. That contradicts Blenkio's statement that they had loaded the plane with cocaine before the first takeoff, and that the plane and the coke were sitting right there on the tarmac the whole time the plane was being repaired. However, the numerous and varied testimonies contained in the court document largely coincide with Blenkio's description of the plane's misadventures. Several of the mechanics described seeing a man with a Mexican accent around the plane. Those mechanics say that they received 1,000 US dollars in cash for working on the plane on their spare time. That is, of course, off the books. The court document includes airport fee receipts and landing and takeoff permission documents, all in the name of Royal Suns Inc., the Florida based company with the weird political connections. Recall that Fred Geffen told reporters that he had just sold the plane through a broker and had no idea who the buyer was. That statement seems impossible to sustain, given both the documents contained in the Venezuelan case file and Blinkio's story. The court document also includes a number of receipts and permissions from 2005 and early 2006 for the Falcon 20 airplane that Blinkio says he sent to Ciudad del Carmen to wait for the DC-9. I have sent my Falcon 20, the extra Bravo India Yankee Kilo. I have sent the federal police commander and other officials to prepare, so to say, the technical stopover that the DC-9 with the drugs had to make in Ciudad del Carmen. This seems to corroborate at least a bit of Blenkio's tale of running drug and human smuggling flights between Caracas and Toluca. The court document also includes the testimony of Alberto Damiani, who flew the DC-9 to Venezuela. Damiani describes meeting Raul Jimenez, a man with a Mexican accent and a gold Rolex with a leather band, he said. His story also coincides with Blenkio's. When I first spoke with Daniel Hopsicker, the Cocaine One chronicler based in Florida, I mentioned the Venezuelan court document to him. He asked if I'd send it to him, and I did. I then called him back, summarized Blenkio's story, and asked him what he thought. As far as it goes, the story that he told you seems to, in major ways, match what the Venezuelan investigation into the DC-9 plane um, related. But the Venezuelans, of course, have their own axe grind, and, and we're, we're happy to release the information that um, Frederick Geffen, the Skyway 
communications principal who actually owned the DC-9 when it was busted had a previous encounter with the DEA and had, you know, I met this guy, okay? I mean, did not surprise me at all. These are like middle, middle management executives, part of the American drug cartel, right? One of the American drug boards, which we're not supposed to have. Wait a minute. Geffen worked with the DEA? It seems so. In fact, the DEA report is why Menyo sent me the Venezuelan court document in the first place and why I mentioned it to Hopsicker. The court document summarizes a DEA report sent to Venezuela on May 5, 2006, and signed by Paul Abulsamra, who is currently listed on LinkedIn as a criminal investigator at the Department of Justice. In this report, the DEA states that Fred Geffen was an airplane businessman working with drug traffickers while also working as a DEA source all the way back in 1995. Royal Sons transferred the ownership of the DC-9 to Fred Geffen, the individual, on March 31, 2006. At that time, according to Blenkio, the plane was ready and waiting for his use. The DEA report also links Fernando Blenkio Cisena and his Guadalajara-based business to the alias Raul Jiménez Alfaro, to the Falcon 20, and to previous flights between Mexico and Venezuela. So, the DEA both knew and informed Venezuelan authorities that Blenkio was Raúl back in May 2006. The DEA also told Venezuelan authorities that Fred Geffen was connected to both drug flights and the DEA going back to 1995. U.S. authorities did not charge Geffen with any crimes related to the five-plus tons of cocaine found on his plane in Ciudad del Carmen, nor did they charge Fernando Blenquil Cisena. What does this all amount to? When I recounted Blenquil's small-time, catch-me-if-you-can-esque tale of Miss Germany, Cartagena, the 2006 World Cup, and the jalopy DC-9 to Daniel Hopsicker, he was not impressed. One of the first things he said to me was this. The American drug lords are the story here, and he hasn't told me about that, has he? Next time. Transportista is a Detective production with Exile Content Studio in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. Directed and narrated by John Kibler. Transportista's voice by Joaquin Cosillo. Editing and sound design by Fernando de la Rosa and Pedro G. Garcia. Reporting by John Kibler and Menio Larios. Produced by Julio González. Voice recording by Hugo Merino and René Garcia. Transportistas interviews translated by Carla Ruiz Argais. Production supervision by Nando Huila and Álvaro Céspedes. Associate producers Alonso Aguilar and Alejandro Durán. Diego Enrique Sorno is the creator and executive producer along with Daniel Eilenberg and Isaac Lee. Executive producers for iHeartMedia are Connell Byrne and Giselle Bunces. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. 
24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.